Welcome back to Round the Cauldron, where we talk theology, philosophy, and everyday life as a modern witch. Today, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Mail Brigda, author, teacher, and Bridget devotee, and we talked about her new book that is coming out at the end of August of this year, 2021, um, or the beginning of September. It just really depends on where you are in the world. So I hope you enjoy this interview and enjoy hearing Mail talk about her book and how Bridget plays in her life and some of her most beloved stories about Bridget. So thank you so much, Mail Brigda, for being with me today around the cauldron. Barring any more tech issues, <laughs> it has been uh, a mission the last 20 minutes to get this to work, right? Um, hello, how are you? <laughs> hello, thank you, I'm fine. Uh, a little... Wonderful. <laughs> but yeah. I think we're going, we're, it's working now. So. We're working through it right now. Um, yeah. So for anybody that's listening and for those watching on YouTube, I have brought Mail Brigda on the podcast and on the channel to talk about her new book. Um, I'll, let her, I'll let her talk a little bit about it some more, but her book is a Bridget devotional. And so, you know, that's, that's right up my alley. And I'm slowly working my way through it, reading a couple of them daily, and I really enjoy it so far. Um, will you please tell everybody a little bit about yourself? All right. Um, well, I've been, uh, I live in Canada. I'm a Canadian, so that's a, an important thing to know about me. Um, I've been a devotee of Bridget uh, since the early 80s. Um, and started the Daughters of the Flame uh, about 10 years later. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> initiated a, a flame tending group uh, in Bridget's name. And I just, uh, just everything seems to be Bridget. I had other interests at one time. At one time. <laughs> and I mm -hmm. think I still do, but I've just, for the last couple of decades, I've been just more and more uh, involved with all things Bridget. It seems to go that way sometimes. It starts out as just a little, like a little spark, and then it's a raging fire, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I remember thinking when I started The Daughters of the Flame that I would really try to do it for three years. Mm -hmm. um, but if, if it only worked for a year, that was okay. And, and, and even with getting to know Bridget, I thought, okay, it's, it's like with my Irish ancestry, there's, there's other deities out there. There are other streams in me. So I'll splash around in this one for a while and, and, um, and then move on. No. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, it doesn't seem to work that way. Uh, so uh, you said decades. When did you first find Bridget or when did she first find you? I, I, it was the early 80s. I can't remember exactly when, maybe 83, something like that. Um, and I'd only, I, I think I had about that big of a paragraph in a book to read about her. I'd never heard of her before because uh, in the particular part of Canada where I live, 
she's just not a big thing. We've got a St. Patrick's church, but we don't have a St. Bridget's church or school mm-hmm. or anything. Uh, so I didn't know about her. Um, <clears throat> and St. Patrick never turned my crank. So, <laughs> so I was wanting to be involved with uh, a goddess, preferably, but at any rate, a deity who was not a Christian deity who was not a, a monotheistic uh, entity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came across Inanna and Nisaba and, you know, uh, other very <clears throat> foreign to me, but very cool uh, deities. But what I really wanted was one that I could connect to culturally. So there would be some part of me that would go, yeah, I understand this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and so when I found out about Bridget, I latched on to her. <laughs> that sounds about right. And so did you, did you start writing poetry as you started working with her? Has poetry always been part of your life or did it sort of come after Bridget? Because she does have that aspect of being um, of the bards, basically. Mm-hmm. When I was uh, quite young, like a kid, I used to write some poetry. Um, uh, but I was surprised to learn that my mother and her friends who were over for coffee didn't really want me to stand there reading my poetry to them. So with that blow to my poetic self, I kind of <laughs> I dropped it. Uh, and any writing I did after that was more fiction or essay form or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, although, uh, because I didn't have, let me just set the stage. Everyone's heard this before, mm-hmm. but in, in the early eighties, there was obviously no internet, but there also wasn't the, the groundswell of paganism that there was even before the internet started. This was in the the dark days of <laughs> the before times and um, what what goddess movement there was, I didn't know much about. In fact, it was a, a friend of mine um, who bought me the women's encyclopedia of myths and secrets. And that was the first I had ever heard that such a thing existed. And that was where I got this paragraph. Uh, but then when I went on to try and find out more about her, obviously I went to the library where else would you go Mm -hmm. and I I found um might have been yeah I think it was a whole chapter in a Lady Gregory's book of saints and something or others um and uh one whole book by Alice Curtain an Irish writer from the 50s which is still actually quite a good book Uh, And it's a miracle that I found that, you know, Um, but that was all I had to go on for that, that one paragraph or two paragraphs and those two um, photocopied books for a long time. And by now I've forgotten what the question (laughs) was. So I'm just kind of (laughs) rambling. That's okay. Um, I was just asking about your, your poetry because you also have a blog and, and you write. So I was just wondering where that love of words comes from, but you kind of answered it when you were talking about being a kid and then realizing that 
they didn't really want you to stand there and read your poetry to them. I know. <laughs> I've never talked to her about that. <laughs> but there is a little bit more to the poetry story, which is that, and this is why I started talking about Nisaba and Inanna. Mm -hmm. I did have to, well, I didn't have to, but I chose to write little um, poems, praise poems, just a couple, um, because I didn't have access to anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I did write one about Nisaba and Inanna. And when I found Bridget, I stuck her in there too. Um, but I didn't write a lot. I would write rituals later on when I had a friend who was a pagan. Where I'm like, oh, my heavens, this exists. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, so we started getting together for, for rituals and whatnot. And so I would write rituals. And, and that, a lot of that is poetry, really. Mm -hmm. so, so basically, my entry back into poetry was, was writing stuff for... Um, for devotion and um but it wasn't until 2011 i think when i found out that i had cancer that i started to write a lot of poems um i um, to bridget mm -hmm. starting off with like help you know and um and then just kind of uh, I just started learning more and more about her and, and seeing the ways that she was working in my life all the time. And I just, I just, I don't know what happened, but cancer pulled this plug out in me. Uh, and in a lot of ways, actually, it, it, it got me out of a sort of semi depressed state into a much more alive state. You know, there's nothing like thinking you might die to realize how much you want to be alive. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and I think writing poetry and learning more about her was a part of that reawakening, right? Yeah, That's, that sounds about on par, I think. Because I wrote poetry as a preteen as a teenager I was a very depressed child and poetry is has always been there it's something that I wrote when I didn't have the physical words to really express what I was feeling so I would mm -hmm. write it all down I wish I still had some of it because during those times I'm like I don't want anybody to read this ever mm. <laughs> so I don't have them anymore Right. <laughs> but I still heavily connect with Bridget through poetry. And, um, you know, every so often she'll get a new poem from me. Sometimes when I need something a little extra, she'll get a new poem plus something else, but it's always poetry. Mm -hmm. So what inspired you to compile all of these poems together into a devotional book? Was it divinely inspired like, or <laughs> did you just want to have a place to put all of it? Um, I think, well, it, who knows how many things it was, but one thing was that I wanted a book. Like sometimes when I'm, uh, I sit down at my altar to spend some time with her, you know, I'm, I'm from everywhere else. My brain is, is everywhere else. I'm having emotions that maybe are not tied to, 
what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. So for, for me, having something contemplative, something written down that I can kind of immerse myself in mm-hmm. helps get me to that more grounded place. And so I wanted to have that book, but I didn't. So I you wrote, wrote the it. book you needed. <laughs> I, I did. You wrote the book you needed. <laughs> and Moon Books is very kindly printing it for me. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm excited to have a physical copy of it soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was part of it. Also, I just had all of these poems and and I just thought maybe somebody else would have some use for all of this. You know, I have all of these poems. I might as well put them together. So I spent a few years writing, but also uh, taking them to writing groups and having them critiqued. And, and then I knew that I wanted to, there was other stuff that I wanted to say that wasn't uh, sayable in poetry. Mm-hmm. Like to back up a bit, one of the reasons that poetry worked so well for me for writing about her is that when I played around with writing her in fiction, which is my normal go to, um, I, I realized I had to shave her down to almost nothing in order to make her be consistent throughout the book, because there's so many different sides to Bridget, right? Mm-hmm. So many different sides, even to the saint, or so many different sides to the goddess, yeah. you know, uh, that I, I didn't want to pack her down that small, which isn't to say it's wrong to do, but it just Mm -hmm. wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be focused. I wanted to be everything that came into my mind. I wanted to be able to express that about her. Um, But there are, there are still other things that can't reasonably be expressed in poetry. Right. So Mm -hmm. I, I, I wanted to write about those things too. So this book that started off as a lot of poetry uh, grew uh, with various essays and introductions and uh, a huge, well, huge to me who wrote it, <laughs> glossary um, and extended notes for uh, a lot of the poems. Like not every mm-hmm. single poem has a note, but between the two of them, the glossary and the notations are, are quite a few pages. And then I also thought, well, uh, there are certain issues in, um, in Bridget, in Bridgetdom <laughs> that um, come up for me a lot when I read what other people say about her or whatever, um, or when people ask me questions mm-hmm. and things that I learned for instance, I learned from Aaron Rowan Laurie that uh, that um, the perpetual flame was not actually um, limited to Saint Bridget um, in Ireland. So I I'm kind of I'm, I'm stopping myself from going launching into that whole <laughs> whole thing, but I will say that I wanted to explore that. Uh, that idea with with people as well so there are Mm -hmm. several essays but I also wanted to give people resources because I see 
at the time I thought, am I trying to do too many things for one book? But I don't think I was. I wanted there to be an inspirational side to it, a contemplative side. But I also wanted there to be an educational side because that's what people want. Like we want to learn as much as we can about her, right? Mm-hmm. So so I wanted to have that in there. Um, so I've also got a bibliography and and resource lists and that might oh yes and a daily devotional as well so I tried to I tried to gather together all of the things that I would have liked to have to help me out Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and yeah just say it all that's a lot That was a lot of work. (laughs) Oh, my heaven. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you're talking about, like, are you trying to do too many things with it? And in my head, I'm like, well, I don't think there are too many. Like, you can't possibly do too many things with it because Bridget is all those things, not just like one or two or three. And I think it would be impossible to pack everything in one book in general, because <laughs> it's just, it's just a lot. So you mentioned um, that you found her through a paragraph and over time, she has just become an everyday part of your life. Do you have a specific daily practice that you do? Um, like I know for me, I always light a candle. Sometimes I'll say a prayer. Sometimes I won't. It just really depends on how I'm feeling that day. Um, but I always at least say thank you. Um, and then anytime that I'm, I'm creating something, be it writing crochet, if I'm sewing or whatever I'm doing, um, I always mentally say a prayer to her because that's part of her domain for me is the, the craftiness. Mm anything to do with motherhood as well yeah anything to do with motherhood as well (laughs) she's yelling at the cat (laughs) um anyway do you have any sort of daily practice that you are comfortable sharing Mm -hmm. well I stuck it in the book so um and in fact putting it in the book made me define it even more clearly Mm -hmm. so -hmm. that was good I use the word daily rather freely (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in this context because, um, yeah, there are a lot of things that can bump me off of what I like to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what I aim to do, uh, and it often will happen, I, I have a yoga class several mornings a week. And so those days, it's pretty easy to transition straight from that into doing my practice because for the first time in my life I have a little room (laughs) I have my my bed in the only other room (laughs) because I wanted to have this little room as a sanctuary so that's Mm -hmm. where I can do yoga although I'm always having to move back and forth because it's not a very big room (laughs) and right there are um altars and religious art and things like that so it's Mm -hmm. it's my room where I can go and just find that place I was talking about before and so I 
I do have a number of different things and I have modeled it on a, a, a morning practice um, from a Thich Nhat Hanh, who is a Zen Buddhist monk. So from, mm -hmm. from his Plum Village tradition, they have a practice that I have really enjoyed doing, um, but I wanted it to be focused on Bridget. So I just took the, the basic ideas like um, getting, getting centered in your body, a little bit of praise and acknowledgement, uh, you know, returning to your breath, a whole bunch of different things that they have in there, getting stable in your seat. Um, that I, I really benefit from starting off that way. So I, I created poetry for Bridget to, to take those steps. Mm -hmm. um, so I go through those stages and it, it can be done in just a couple of minutes, but I always seem to take quite a bit longer because I, I like to really stop and embody what I'm saying. I, mm -hmm. I, I try not to just say it quickly. Um, and it takes, I don't know what it is about me, but it takes some real concentration for me to focus into the words. So, um, so I do those. Well, I start off by ringing the bell and lighting the candle. And I, I bow because that's uh, a way that I can really acknowledge that I'm honoring this deity, this saint, and this place where we gather together. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and then when all of that is finished, I might just sit in quiet meditation. Or, oh, oh I also read a couple of, or one poem from my book, <laughs> which <laughs> seems so weird to do. <laughs> Well, it's your writing. <laughs> it is. So I find it interesting. Um, and not all of them, not all of the poems are um, really inspiring, but there's still things that uh, they might just kind of come at me from left field. Like, oh, yeah, that's kind of a downer or, ah, yeah, interesting or funny. You know, so I just sit with that, with whatever it is that's coming Today, I sit with that for a while. I have a, a little song that I sing, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. as you can see, this can grow to be quite a long <laughs> affair, <laughs> or it can be quite short. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of it for me. I can, even if all I do is um, bow, invite the bell to sound, light the candle, sit down and say, I think you're great, Bridget. Mm -hmm. uh, I still, that brings me into the day in a much better way. Yeah. Yeah. I think instead of daily practice, we should say consistent practice, <laughs> right? Because you're right. Sometimes the days flow together or sometimes we wake up with five minutes to get ready to go where we need to go. And life just happens. Mm -hmm. I think consistent would be a better word <laughs> or, or even just chosen because I'm not always that consistent. <laughs> <laughs> but I always get back to it, you know? Yeah. Well, and I find that Bridget comes in cycles anyway, at least, at least for me, she does. So it sort of brings everything full circle for me to 
do things consistently or daily for a long stretch of time and then just sort of like, okay, this doesn't feel like I need to do it as often. And then, okay, maybe I don't need to do it at all and then come back to it like okay now I got to do it every day it she seems to come in cycles in my life is that something that you notice with her too Mm. maybe it's just me earlier (laughs) earlier but I've seen so immersed in her now that um that it's less like that like Mm -hmm. she's here all the time but you know I've completely forgot to say the most consistent um practice that I've had for creeping on towards 30 years, although it's not that yet, um, is tending her flame every 20 days. So for 24 hours, I tend the flame and I might do it in different ways, but I do it. And if I can't do it, I ask someone else to fill in for me. Um, and it, I, I have even been known to forget. <laughs> Still, after all this time, I am capable of forgetting. <laughs> but it is the most consistent practice I, I probably have ever had um, about anything. Yeah, I try to be consistent with the candle too. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I run out of candles and then I feel really weird as a witch with no candles. <laughs> but... <laughs> That'd be a nice poem. <laughs> right? <laughs> a wish without candles. Hmm. <laughs> one of one of the poems that I wrote for her um, was basically about the transformation and being laid flat on her anvil as things just kind of crumble and change around me. Mm-hmm. Um, very deep and heavy in introspection and digging into shadows and who I am versus who people see. Mm-hmm. Um, do you connect with any aspect of that sort of transformative energy that she can bring into people's lives? Mm-hmm. How, oh yeah. And I guess, how do you see that connection? I mean, I, I, I am very aware. I, th- I think of that primarily as the Smith Mm -hmm. aspect, um, although it isn't just, I mean, the the healer and even the poet, I mean, they they all can lead down those kinds of transformational corridors. Um, But I'm certainly aware of less pretty aspects of of Bridget. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't forge swords just for cutting daisies, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, has some pretty, um, well, horrible things uh, can happen uh, with swords. And I think we tend, at least the iconography that I've seen around um, the smith and the sword in paganism has mostly been really... Um, this is this is about strength in transformation and and that's really important to me as well but but it also i think we need to recognize that there are destructive ways in ourselves of using our weaponry <laughs> right mm-hmm. 
in that, that it's not always a, a positive thing and um, that we need to look at that. I was just, I was just reading in my book the other day. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think it was yesterday I read one um, that I think it's called Bridget Speaks with the Sword. And it, it's about it's about that. It's about not just the negative, but it's it's about all the the good and wonderful things um, to do with Smithcraft and and of the um, terrible consequences of the sword. Yeah. So again, I think I'm not actually answering your question. I'm I'm okay. I've rolled <laughs> rolled away from transformation into. Uh, uh, introspection how I see a really strong need uh, for us to be much more brutally honest not brutally honest because I don't think brutal honesty is very <laughs> useful a lot of the time but to be much more honest with ourselves uh, about the damage that we have done in our own lives um, not so that we can just be forlorn about it, but to see how we can change those those patterns to 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 choose our own transformation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I a lot of my life has been about that because I certainly had um, I came from a a family with a, a lot of anger, and I had a lot of anger. I still have anger, but I have I have made it um, a priority to try to learn how to not do harm with my anger, mm -hmm. but to, you know, to, yeah, to do the healing that's necessary to, to um, rise above the battlefield. <laughs> I think that's a great answer. <laughs> and, and even though you were like, didn't feel like you answered the question. I still feel like you did at first because you, you took it and ran with it about sort of your own transformation and, and that introspection that I think it really calls for. So I, you know, it makes sense to me. <laughs> Good. Good. Um, do you have a favorite story about Bridget? either from mythology or folklore, I, I'd like to ask people this question because it, it says a lot about the kinds of stories that they like, but it also opens up a pathway of learning different stories about Bridget because there are so many and also seeing that there are many different aspects of her too. So do you have mm -hmm. a favorite story or can you but pick? I, <laughs> no, I don't have, I don't have a favorite story. I have um, a lot of beloved stories and I'm trying to think you know this has been coming up for me her her connection to the voice you know so the poet obviously mm -hmm. in Bridget's time uh, you didn't <clears throat> just jot down your poems in a nicely flowered book you know you your poems were created to certain patterns that you've learned, right? Certain oral tradition patterns to make them easier to remember, mm -hmm. but, but they were said out loud. You know, you, you would deliver your poetry 
out loud. And often I think uh, poetry was sung as well. Mm-hmm. So why we don't call them songs, I'm not sure. But anyway, <laughs> so there's that, that the, the goddess has that connection to the voice. Um, she has uh, also there's, okay, where does that, that's in Shanice Cormac, where, where we talk about the, the three sisters, Bridget, who are daughters of the Dagda. Mm, yeah. Uh, there's also uh, a story in uh, Lior Gola, Aaron, I think it is, where she's with the, the kings of the rams, the oxen, the boars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of that, there's a very short thing where they say, um, she is the one who created, uh, I think it's, I can't remember exactly what it, how it says it, but I think it's a, a whistle for calling in the night or something. I've heard it described as a rape whistle, but there's absolutely mm-hmm. nothing in it. It, it. it says nothing about rape. Right. I suspect it's really for communication, you know, so when you're doing a cattle raid or whatever, you can. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also there's a thing about demonic voices um, in that same story, although demonic just means probably pagan, right? Yeah. But definitely not, not what we approve of as Christian scribes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so there's, there's all of that about the goddess having something to do with the voice. There are... Uh, a couple of things in St. Bridget's huge cornucopia of tales uh, that are also to do with the voice. The one that's coming to my mind right now is uh, about a girl. So St. Bridget is visiting these people and she says something to the girl. I think she asks her what she wants to do with her life. Does she want to, you know, take the veil or marry or what? Mm -hmm. And her mother says, there's no point in talking to her. She can't speak. She's 12, I think, years old, and she's never spoken. And St. Bridget is, uh, is just... I'm going to talk to her and I'm not going <laughs> to go anywhere until she answers me. I, I don't want you to answer for her. I want her to answer me. Um, and so, of course, eventually the girl does speak and she says what she wants. Um, I'll leave that as a cliffhanger. <laughs> but, but remember, this is in one of the saints' lives, so you can probably guess what she wants. But the important thing for me is, is it's about our voice. All of these things have to do with, oh, and again, this the goddess Bridget, of course, this is the most popular one. Uh, I don't know about popular, but the most common, commonly referenced one is in the Kahmoitura, where her son Rudan dies, mm-hmm. that she raises the first keen herd in Ireland, right? So these are all like, to me, really powerful uh, expressions of of how we can embody with our voice who we are and how we're reacting to to the 
the world around us, to the situation we find ourselves in. I know for myself, I have kept my my mouth shut a lot in my life, you know, <laughs> having learned how how uh, how much harm I could do not keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I have kept it shut a lot. Um, but even back when I could throw a tantrum and say hurtful things, most of the time I kept, I kept myself quiet. I didn't show or say who I was or what I needed. I mean, my sisters will <laughs> tell you a different story, I'm sure. <laughs> but it is different with your sisters, isn't it, right? Yes, yes it is. <laughs> um, uh, so, and that's, a, that's a, a thing that I'm still grappling with is how to be visible, but how to be audible, how to say what I want to say and how to actually connect with what that is, because I've found that often I'll, I'll say something, but it's not really entirely what I mean, or it might just be completely a deflection so that I don't look at what I really mean, because there may be some area of real pain that I'm avoiding, right? Mm -hmm. And to open up that, that keen that Bridget did so hugely, I'm... I have never heard the kind of keening that would have been heard then, but I certainly know what it means to unleash your voice and your emotions. Um, I used to sing, for instance, and, and when you can really sing, when you can really get out of your own way, it's, it's such a huge, huge thing. Anyway. So voice, that's been coming up for me a lot. Um, but there are so many stories that I, I like about her. I uh, St. Bridget has one where this man has, he's a, a wealthy man, and there is a much less wealthy woman who he wants to basically have as his sex slave. Um, they don't use those words, but that's, that's what his intention is. And so he somehow arranges, I can't remember exactly how he arranges it. So that's, that's the thing about my storytelling. <laughs> it's not very rehearsed, that's okay. <laughs> but he, he ar arranges for it to seem that a brooch that he lent her or that was his and somehow was temporarily in her possession um, has been stolen. So he's saying that she's stolen it. And unless he gets it back, um, she'll have to forfeit her own life to him. Mm -hmm. And St. Bridget, who, who frequently comes to the aid of people who are, you know, dire things are about to happen to them because of this huge inequality um, between the rich and the poor, uh, she she hears of it and she comes and she finds the he's actually broken it I think or no he's just thrown it into the sea so she she finds it and restores it to him and 
I can't remember if there's any justice uh, in terms of him getting a slap on the wrist. Probably not. But he does. She does save this woman. So that kind of thing, those stories where she intervenes and those are all the saints. Um, there's there's not a lot of stories about the goddess or goddesses, but um, they don't fall into that camp. Um, yeah, I love those. <laughs> those are all great. And I can tell you, I will probably not look at my voice the same way after you explained it like that. Mm. And it's a it's amazing to me because I am that person who, if I'm in the car by myself, my music gets turned up, my windows are rolled down, as long as it's not <laughs> raining like it is right now. <laughs> and I don't care who sees me and I'm singing along to whatever music I want. And it's just, I've always been like that. And even, uh, you know, I sang in the choir in high school. I played flute in junior high and in elementary school. I'm relearning it now. But it's always been like an emotional release, a Mm -hmm. way for me to physically and verbally say how I'm feeling without Mm -hmm. having to put my own words to it, because Mm -hmm. sometimes that's really hard. Mm -hmm. And I also find it really empowering that Bridget is one that can help us use our voices in that manner, because Mm -hmm. she's like, excuse you. I'm a strong, powerful woman, goddess, saint, and I will show you how to use your voice and you're going to do it because it's good for you. And this is what you need to do. (laughs) (laughs) That's very much how I see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Voice is so important. So important. And how we use it is, I mean, our voice can be a sword, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, And we can use that sword uh, in really awesome ways or not. So yeah. yeah, there's so much around voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've covered a lot of stuff. Um, do you have anything else specifically that you would like to say about your writing or your book about, or just about, Bridget in general? Like, is there anything extra that you want the readers of your book to take away from it? Hmm. Uh, um, oh, so many things popped into my <laughs> mind. <laughs> one, one thing is that I want people to know that whatever their path is with Bridget, you know, that's their own unique uh story and it's good i i quite quite a bit quite a bit in the book and in blogs and all over the place i'm i say you know well this is actually upg and Mm -hmm. this is something that most of us believe but it hasn't actually it's a modern idea stuff like that so uh I sometimes worry that people will think, well, she only believes this and this and this are, are cool and, and she disses the rest of us. And I, um, I actually don't feel that way. Like, I think Bridget is, is somebody, like we were saying, with so many sides to her. And obviously, we're all going to have our own 
UPG about her. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's no one on earth who, who has exactly the same relationship with her that, that I do. Um, but that they're all valid. All I ask is that we, um, that we try to claim what is our UPG and, and be okay about learning that what we were told and have come to believe might not be true. Because um, that was a hard transition for me to make. Um, but I think it's really freeing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that you, you mentioned the word community earlier, and I really do feel like we are uh, a huge and, and wonderful community. Like Bridget has had so much love from so many people for so many centuries. And here it is just like ballooning into this huge, amazing very variable thing and it's Mm -hmm. just I think it's wonderful it feels like a big blanket a quilt (laughs) (laughs) a quilt to me so yeah yeah it's it's a gift of love the book is to her and to her devotees or anyone who's interested in her wonderful so I guess that is all, unless you have anything else that you would like to say. I would like to ask um, if you would tell people where they can find you online, um, obviously online, you know. <laughs> yeah, that would, be, that would be scary. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. Yeah. And I just realized that I was supposed to organize that, but I didn't get you those links, but I no, am. That's okay. We could do that later. Okay. I am on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. I teach classes. I have a website, which I think you have the um, URL to. And mm-hmm. so my classes, there are links to them there. They're all about Bridget. And, and one is a huge one <laughs> about poetry and Bridget. Um uh, where else am I? Pinterest, but I, I really haven't figured out Pinterest. <laughs> like, I'm not a fan Hello, of Pinterest. Is anybody out there? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes posting on like Twitter. Like, okay, here's 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 this post. Here, have it. I don't know if anybody's listening, but here you go. <laughs> I like seeing your posts, but I have the same well, feeling. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. And, and I will get you those, those links. Of course. And for anybody listening or watching, those links will be in the description if you're watching on YouTube or in the show notes if you're listening to the podcast. Where can people find your book and when does it come out? Ah, well, that website of mine has a pre-order page that will take you to a lot of different places, okay. like um, not just Amazon. So mm-hmm. there, and there are different ones for the UK and North America and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, haven't got, I haven't got them all yet, but I've got what I, I can. And um, the book comes out on the 27th of August in the UK and the 1st of September in North America. So, so it's coming up soon. Very soon. And there'll be an ebook available somewhere around there too, but I haven't yet seen it. 
So thank you so much, Mel Brigda, for joining me here around the cauldron. Um, it was lovely talking to you and hearing all about your book and about your experience with Bridget and the wealth of information that you have to share. Um, thank you to everybody that's watching or listening to this. And I hope you enjoyed it. And we will talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you again to Mail Brigda for being here and chatting with me about her book. I really do encourage everyone that is interested in Bridget and just learning more about her to pick up A Sun Among Stars, a Bridget of Ireland devotional. As always, thank you so much to my patrons over on Patreon. Your support is what helps keep me doing this thing that I enjoy doing. And I will talk to you next time.